0: There's nothing wrong with falling. There's just something wrong with not getting back up. 5800 Success Forces, Part 9, The Success Force of Cherishing Your Failures. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today we are again continuing with the series called Success Forces. And the more that I preach this series the more convinced i am that as usual god knows exactly what messages to bring and i believe the messages of success forced or ordained at this time for this season because we're headed to another level of success and we've talked about in the past number 1 setting specific goals and i want to just show you some of the things that were done These are a couple of the vision boards just dealing with the goals. I asked you a few weeks ago for those who wanted to move to another level to, number one, get three goals. Not four, not five, not six, not seven. Three goals. And take those to the Resource Center. And I asked Phyllis to actually take those and and just put them in a visual format. And these are just two of them. And they're just phenomenal. She took each one and put them in a visual form with pictorials. One of the first goals, this one was by Kenya, and she wanted to learn sign language. So she just had it written out on a piece of paper, sign language. Phyllis took, put the sign language symbols. She wanted to get in a better shape. She wanted to do three things. Phyllis took and put all of that. She wanted to be a physical therapist. She got a physical therapy picture, so she put a picture of every goal. Now, most folk didn't do that. You didn't write your goals out and take them to the resource center, and it may have been because you just didn't even know what they were. That's why the first principle of success forces is simply to set specific goals. So that offer is still open to you. For those of you, and you've got anywhere from one to three goals, write your goals out on a written form. Don't just tell them. Don't go to Philly and say, "Philly, these are my three. No, write them down. Because if you're too lazy to write them down, you're not going to do them. So write them down taken to the resource center. And God just told me to ask Phyllis to do this. And I see now why her graphic ability and the ability to translate what you have in your head into something you can look at every day will help you to move towards your goals. So specific goals was number one, daddy's home, the power of having the father in the house, how to set goals for the life you actually want, the success force of good health, the success force of education, the success force of honesty. And today... The success force of cherishing your failures. I know some of you say, why would I want to cherish my failures? Because number one, anyone who succeeds is going to have some failures. You're going to have a bunch of failures. And the more you do, the more failures you'll have. It's simply no way around it. The Japanese S.I. Hawkwell said this. He says, notice the difference between what happens when a man says to himself, I have failed three times versus what happens when he says, I am a failure. It's a huge difference in that mentality. And all of us at one point or another, we're going to have multiple failures. The average business person who succeeds has failed 4.5 times. They failed four and a half times. And sometimes when we fail, if we get the attitude that I am a failure, it changes our whole perspective about something versus I failed four or five times. Do you know I failed plenty of times? I've had plenty of flops, but I'm not a flop and I'm not a failure. It is a difference into how we think, and when you learn to cherish your failures, it will change the way you think, it will change the way you act, and it will change your success rate. Hebrews, beginning at chapter 5, the NIV version says this. Every high priest, and high priest now can almost be interpreted as senior pastor. So every senior pastor is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. Do you know I can understand folk a whole lot better because I done made some boo-boos? When you haven't made any error, you need know, to say, why do the world they do that? Why they just can't spread Why they just can't, why they can't start? start? Till you have to go through it. Then once you have to go through you say, I see why they're having such a problem with that. So you understand some things. It's because he himself is subject to weakness. All of us are subject to failure. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. How many of y'all have learned to do right because you've just been beat upside the head with some stuff? Now, it says this about Jesus. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. See, when you learn to cherish your failures, when you learn from your failures, then it will help you to go forward and to have success and not repeat those same mistakes all over again. So you learn to cherish your failures There's nothing wrong with falling. There's just something wrong with not getting back up. There's nothing wrong with failure. There is something wrong with failing over and over and over with the same stuff. So there is something wrong if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over and you don't cherish and if you don't learn from your mistakes. Every time I look in the mirror, I see a fall because right now over my right eye, there's a little bitty bruise and a crunch that's there from where I had that crash over in Greece. When I hit the pavement nearly put my eye, every time I look in the mirror, I see it and it reminds me, boy, don't do that again. It reminds me of the lesson that I learned and what God was sending me through to teach me. So I don't see a scar. I see a diploma. And see, it depends upon how you view your failures that make a difference. In business, I have learned far more from my failures than I have learned from my successes. So when you're able to cherish your failures, it makes a difference. See, cherishing your own failures is the first level the highest level is cherishing the failures of others so when you see somebody else going through something the higher level of wisdom is you look at what they're going through and say I don't want to go through that let me make changes so I don't have to go through that it's far better to have somebody else fall and bust their head and say don't do that always wear a helmet it's far better to learn from someone else's mistakes and you have to go through the same thing yourself failure is an inevitable part of anything that you try to do do you know even starting a church you risk great failure we attended a church planning seminar that my brother bishop dale had and in the seminar they were teaching all of the skills about how to form a successful church and plan a successful church and i asked the question Because they told us, they said 80% of all the churches that are formed will fail. They'll go under. And right now, every Sunday in the United States, there'll be 70 churches who will not open the door that Sunday. Every week, there are 70 churches that go out of business and will not open their door for that Sunday. So even if you go into ministry... There is an 80% probability if you start a church that it's not going to survive. So I asked the question, I said, if it's an 80% probability that the churches don't survive, I said, and you're giving this course, I said, what do you improve the odds to if you take and pass this course? Well, if you take this course, we're teaching you how to form a successful church. If you take this course, it drops your failure percent from 80% down to 50%. So even if you take the course, even if you listen to the experts, even if you follow those, there is still what I consider to be a very high possibility and even probability that you will fail. Failure is an inevitable part of almost anything, but it matters whether you cherish your failures and whether you learn and whether you don't fear failure because the fear of failure stops so many people because it says, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to try this because I'm blank. Now, you're filling your own blank. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to try this because I'm blank. Some people will say because I'm too old. I'm 62 years old right now. Most of the friends who I grew up with, who I know who I went to school with, are either retired, dead, sick, or not moving very far and very fast. what has that got to do with me? What has that got to do with me? And some of you, God is trying to call you to a higher level of success. And you say, I'm not going to do that because I'm blank. And suppose of those in the Bible, every single one of them had an excuse. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, I'm not going to serve God. I can't write God because I've killed too many Christians. Suppose Moses said, Lord, I'm not because I can't speak eloquently. What's your excuse? Everybody has a reason and they have an excuse and they have failed or not failed to do or they failed to do something in excellence in the past. What is your reason as to why you cannot move to a higher level of success? Everybody got this fill in the blank and until you can get rid of your fill in the blank you will never move to where God has destined you to move to. In the year 2000 we had a big revival with Prophet Frederick Collins. And in 2000, Prophet Collins spoke some things to us. He says, number one, he says, somebody's going to give the ark several million dollars. He named it to the exact penny. I thought the man was absolutely crazy. Thought he was absolutely crazy. Ten years later, someone in his congregation won the lottery, gave the church that amount of money to the penny. I said, wow, he hit that dead on the head. Then he said, a plane crash. Next year, will shake this nation. That was in 2000. Next year, 9-11 happened. Shook the nation. I said, wow, you did dead on it with that. Then he said, James was going to have a whole bunch of kids, and he wasn't going to be able to stop. He going to have more kids than all his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> See, when a prophecy hits you, sometimes it'll even affect your loins. So when a prophecy hits you, it affects you can to toe. But you got to do something to make it happen. You just can't have no kids. you land up in the bed looking at your wife and say, Baby, I think we're going to have some kids. And she said, Yeah, I think we're going to have some kids. Yeah, baby, we're going to have some kids. Yeah, I think we're going to have some kids. Baby. Yeah, baby, we're going to have a whole lot of kids. Yeah, baby, you out there. Then, you can't do that. You got to do something. So even to make prophetic stuff come to pass, you've got to do something. So he spoke a lot of things. He told me, he said, You're going to develop a cure from cancer. I said, like, A cure for cancer? That's just crazy. And I thought about it the other day. I've developed two programs that have people who have been cured from cancer, the 49daycancercure.com. We've had people cured from cancer who did that, and we've had several people where cancer has disappeared doing 42. So it wasn't just one, it was two So even that has come to pass. He said, you're going to be on TV all over the world. At that time, I thought it was crazy. Mountain wings eventually reached a peak of 1.3 million people in over 120 countries around the world. And people were reading mountain wings on a television screen all over the world. So everything the man prophesied came to pass. Now he said, the ark is going to one day be overflowing and you all going to have to move. That's coming. But the final thing he said was this. He said, you're going to create a product that will do more in one year than Bronner Brothers and your company has done in its history. And I said, did you know how big that is? You're talking about do more in one year than Bronner Brothers and my company has done in its history. Do you know how big that is? And I had three other prophets years later come to me and said, God says, you're not going to just be a millionaire. He said, be billionaire with a B. And actually, in my office, in the conference room where we meet, we had our goal. And I had the goal of $10 million. Our national sale manager, he went and erased that and put $20 million. And I went and erased that and put $1 billion. And I began to sit in that room. This is why writing the specific goals, this is why it's important. As I began to sit there and I looked at that week after week after week. Now, since he made that prophecy in 2000, it's been 18 years ago. And I sat there and looked at that. One billion dollars. I don't particularly want one billion, but it's what God has spoken. See, there's some things in life God has spoken in your world. You don't particularly want it, but God has spoken it. You don't particularly want it. You don't want to put the effort. It's got a lot of pressure, strain that comes in. You don't even want to do the thing, but God has spoken it in your world. And I sat there, and I kept looking at that one billion dollars. And finally, I had to ask myself. I had to come to what I would call a demarcation point, a litmus test, a point of no return, a point of decision. A defining moment in life Right I had to say, I'm gonna either do this or I'm not. I'm going to either get in the will of God or I'm not. You know, a double-minded man is unstable. and all, If you ain't going to do it, just I ain't going to do it. And just don't do it like an expert. At least you be comfortable in your mind. Just say, I ain't going to do it. And just don't do it. Just do the mess out of not doing it. So just say, I'm not going to do it. So I had to come to this point. I had to look myself in the mirror and I had to say to myself, either I am going to do what God has sent through multiple prophetic utterances or I'm not. So I've learned in life, it's just better to do what God has told and destined you to do. It's a whole lot easier on you in the long run if you do what God has told you to do. So I said, I'm going to do this. And in the meeting, I said, look, our destiny is $1 billion. We're going to stop dealing with anything that cannot do that. So right now we're focusing on one product and this is the product that we chose that we're going to revamp, relaunch, change everything about that has the ability to do that. So all the other stuff that does not have the ability to do that, we're going to table all that stuff. We're going to focus on one thing, on one goal. See, when you write down specific goals and you look at it long enough, it will galvanize your mind and your spirit and your actions to move towards that goal. And when I made that decision, God then began to speak to me on the product. See, for 18 years, I had made the decision. I just heard the prophecy. And we sometimes hear the promise about the promised land and expect for God to lift us up and just sit us over in the promised land. No, you got to get your behind up and walk to the promised land or at least drive to the promised land or fly to the promised land. You got to do something. You got to do something. So when I made up my mind, that I am going to follow this thing, I am going to put effort and energy and focus into this thing, God began to speak to me. And he began to tell me formulations. He said, I want you to separate and you do this all by yourself because I'm going to tell you what to do. Because when it's successful, you won't even be able to take credit for it. And that's exactly what I did. Normally I get group input, but I told you, look, this is God. Nothing you all say is going to change this. It's going to be just what he's spoken, and that's it. And when he began to speak, some of the stuff sounded crazy. But then the more I began to look at it, the more logical and the more practical it became. And I began to think, this could possibly work. But it was all geared to what the prophecies spoke. But you've got to move, and you've got to take the first step. This is all a part of the success. And said, well, pastor, what if you fail? What if it don't work? Let me tell you a quote by a famous person, and this is what he says. He says, I like thinking big. I always have. To me, it's very simple. If you're going to be thinking anyway, you might as well think big. Most people think small because most people are afraid of success, afraid of making decisions, afraid of winning. And that gives people like me a great advantage. This is from his 1987 book written over 30 years ago. The book is called The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. Now, you may not like Donald Trump, but Donald Trump said 31 years ago, he said, I like thinking big because if you gonna think, you might as well think big. And look at where it took him. You may not like him, but look at where it took him. So when you change your thought pattern, When you move from saying, I can't do that, that's so big. And see, the product that we're going in, there's no company that's not a non-billion dollar company in that space. And I told the people, in order for us to get in this space, something got to be different. We got to have a divine flow, but nothing will ever happen if we don't move. And I'm moving in it, and I have to make sure I stay focused on that because you'll have a thousand things that will come to distract you to take you away from what you're trying to work. See, the worst thing that can happen to a God idea is a good idea. And you'll have everybody come to you with all these good ideas. I'm focused on that one thing and that one thing on. I'm not taking on any more new commitments. Well, how long is going to take you past it to finish it? I don't know because the stuff takes longer than I figure. It always does. It takes longer, it takes more effort and it takes more money than what I figure. But if God has you going in that direction, go and stop making the blank excuses. I can't do this because of this or because of that. And my lump of sugar and I, we were out at dinner on Friday and we got ready to go somewhere and my wife pulled up her phone and turned on her GPS to see how long it would take to get there. And she said, this is strange. She says, it's got on my GPS home, and it showed how many minutes to home. She said, that makes sense, but it's got here work. She said, I don't have a work address, but it's got here work, and it's so many minutes to work. She said, I, I what is this? So I took her phone. I clicked on the address and then zoomed in to see where it was. I said, sweetheart, you don't know where this is. She said, no, I don't know where it is. I said, this is the location of what God has said is going to be the new church. She said, I've never even been there. I said, I know you haven't. You ain't been there, but God has. I said, and the address that's on your phone, I didn't even tell her this because I didn't realize this until later, this is the final digits of the UPC code that I've chosen for the box for the product that I'm working on. So God will sometimes just bring a sign And see, what he said about this, when we got the first huge amount of money, he said the next influx of money will be a continual stream. And then he said it's going to be two more folk. Now, one of them folk is me. (laughs) And one of them folk is me. So it's somebody else out there right now. And God is whispering, God is speaking, and you won't move because you're scared. It's no accident that even our singer this morning talked about she had to get over the fear of performance and had to get through this fear. There's a fear of failure. There's a scariness that goes along with any great height. And I'm talking to somebody, and this is reverberating in your spirit. You're going to have to make some changes, and you're going to have to move if you're going to get where God wants you to be. And Paul talks so much about this, of how he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I could not develop a billion-dollar product. I just didn't have a brain. God was not asking me to have the brain. He was asking me to have the willingness and the get up and go to get up and go. And some of you are focusing on the blank. You're talking about what I don't have. And if you get up, And if you start moving in the direction, and see, the first part just to write down the three things. Write down your goals. I don't have just a super goal and just money. I got some super goals in all kind of areas of life, but they won't just come to you. You got to get up and you got to do something about this stuff. That's what's wrong with the modern Christian. Now, the modern Christian wants God to do everything, and that has never been the way it's worked. All the time you see the miracles, some folk be in bad shape. You need to get up and move and do something. And stop waiting on a miracle. The miracle will come as you walk the mile or run the mile or whatever it is. But the point is, you got to get up. God is speaking to somebody right now about a level of success where he wants to take you. And you're scared that you may fail. And even another quote by Donald Trump. Now, he is in the highest office in the land. Even another quote by Donald Trump. Donald Trump says, whenever I'm considering going into a deal, I ask myself, what's the worst that can happen? And if I can live with the worst, I go on in the deal. You may not like him, but you got to give the man credit. He thinks big. So 31 years ago, he was thinking big. So if he can think big and get there, what about you in Christ? What about you in Christ? But often we won't think big. And I understand it myself. I understand it just as clear because when God is talking about all his high stuff, sometimes I just didn't want to fool with it. I said, I don't need all that money in the first place. I got enough. I don't need all that. I don't need all them folk. I don't need all this. You've got to understand sometimes, people, when God wants to take you to another level, it's not for you. You are the blessing. And sometimes he wants to take you and make you the angel. But how can he make you an angel with wings and you scared to fly? So we've got to change some mentalities and get up and move and do some things. And we've got to understand, like Paul said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The ark itself is a vehicle of movement. And for those of you right now, I'm not going to call for membership today. I'm not going to call for salvation. I want to call those who, number one, before you leave this church, you're going to write down your goals and take them to that resource center. That's number one. You're going to do something before you leave. I don't want you don't even come down just to get no. You're going to do something, cause this stuff just not going to happen. You're not going to do anything. God needs folks who are going to do something. So number one, you're going to write down your goals and take them to the resource center so that Phyllis can put them in a beautiful graphic form. That's number one. And number two. You're going to be willing to follow through, even though you may fail sometimes. i got a program I do. Sometimes I fail, it. some days I just don't do a doggone thing. I just totally make an F. But I get back on the horse and keep riding. Some days you're going to fail, you're going to fall. But you cherish your failures and say, don't do this again. And even though I know I'm going to do it again, as I ain't going to do it anytime soon. So I get back on the horse and keep going. And I want you to cue up the song, and it's on the Words for Healing CD called I Am Strong. And I want to let you know you're strong. In your weakness, if you're in Christ, you've got strength. So for those of you right now, and you are willing to do what you need to do to go to another level. I didn't say if you want to go to another level. A lot of people want to go, but they're not willing to do what's required. If you're willing to do what is required for you to go to another level, and you're going to write those minimum or at least maximum of three goals down. And before you leave this church today, I want you to just come down. I want to breathe on you. I want to pray for you because I'm going, I'm going to that billion dollars. So you might as well, and I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to have a white convertible Rolls Royce and a legit to get where I got to go. Not that I need it because I enjoy my car right now to the hilt. But God says, this is what you're going to need. And you need a rose so folk will listen to you more. Because they do listen to you a lot better. just no question about that. They listen to you better pulling up on Rolls Royce than that Miata. No question. So I'm going there. And you are willing to do what you need to do in all of the areas of your life I'm going to the point where I don't care what all of the folk I graduated with or with I don't care what condition their body is in that has nothing to do with me I'm taking my body to where it's in better shape than it's ever been in in my life it has nothing to do where everybody else is and your situation has nothing to do with your family it has nothing to do with your daddy it has nothing to do with all the folk around you you can go where you determine in your mind and spirit to go as long as you're in the will of God God's problem has never been that he has not had the high vision for the people the people just didn't want to go so right now I am strong because I am strong through Christ who strengtheneth me and I can do all things I can do all things with God behind me there's nothing I cannot accomplish turn up the music and I'm just going to pray underneath the music Dear Heavenly Father for those who have come upon this day you have spoken that this place has a great destiny that is still coming and it's not a place for the building we will vacate one day it's not in the building it's in the spirit of the people and Father I will pray right now that you shall strengthen them to do to see to write the vision To walk with the vision, to run with the vision, to eliminate the blank so they can move to thousandaires and hundred thousandaires, millionaires, billionaires, so they can move to a level of relationship, to a level of health, to a level of joy, to a level of influence in the kingdom of Christ where you shall have them. Have them, Father, that they shall not fear the persecution. They shall not fear the height. They shall not fear the load. For in order to get to great heights, there must be great risks. Let them know and let them see that you will be with them. That wherever they climb or wherever they crawl, wherever they fall, you are with them. Let them see and let them know this. And that as they move, you shall be the wind beneath their wings to take them to heights that they can neither imagine or think. Bless them, dear Father, as I breathe upon them that which you have breathed upon me. Let them feel it, let them know Let them glow and let them go. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I feel good. I believe that what's coming to those within the ark is unprecedented. I feel it. I was at the show and a lady just walked up. She said, you just got a glow on you. You see, when God gets in you, it shows up on the outside. When you start moving in the destiny, people are going to see the glow on you. And you will go to places where, as the Bible says, beyond what you can even imagine or think. A billion dollars is beyond what I could imagine, thought, or even wanted. But God wants to take us to some places beyond where we even think. You're not too old. As long as you got breath in your body, you're not too old. Colonel Sanders was older than I was when he started. And some of y'all are going to go out to eat right, and you're going to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He was older than I was when he started Kentucky. I think he was 67 or something. He was older than I was when he started Kentucky. So there's no excuse. Get the blank out of your world. There's no excuses in terms of why you cannot do what God has destined you to do. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. Now, there are so many parts about me that's so weak. But in God, I am strong. And so are you. So are you. But before you walk out of this building, all of those who came out today, you write those three things. now. Well, you're going to give me some. I'm not going to give you any paper. I'm not going to give you any paper. I'm not going to give you any pen. You can figure that out. Turn to the person and tell them, figure that out. See, some of this stuff you're going to figure out. That, that's why we well, Pastor, can you give me a paper? No, I'm not going to give you a paper. Some of this stuff is difficult. You're going to have to climb. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to be up all times of the night trying to figure this stuff out, trying to do this stuff, trying to get done what God has destined to do. You're going to have to figure some of this stuff out. God is not going to do all this stuff for you. He will empower you. And there's a huge difference between empowerment and entitlement a huge difference he will empower you but you're not entitled to the promised land if you don't get up and go get it and get up and go walk or run to it so it's a new day there's a new spirit there's a new level of prosperity in all of the areas of life that's coming and I believe I got a lot of life left I got 54 years and some months left and I'm going to live and use every bit of it. That's I'm going to live fully and vibrantly until the last 10 seconds. And you can do the same thing. But you will not do it accidentally. And you will not stumble into it. This has to be a deliberate focus, a deliberate plan. And if you follow the plan, and if you stay focused, but first of all, you've got to write it. That's why I didn't want anybody coming up who was not willing to write those three things down and take them to the resource center. Now, you're going to have to wait a little longer because now it's a big crowd and Phyllis can't do but so many a week. Now you're going to have to wait a little longer, but that's all right. It's been 18 years since that prophecy came to me, but it wasn't the 18 years that was the problem. The problem was I didn't move for 18 years. That wasn't God who was slow. It was me. Dear Heavenly Father, bless them as they have made up their minds. Go with them, bless them, empower them. And make it so. In thy son Jesus's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are listening to brothers of the word.com. This was part nine of the series titled Success Forces, subtitled The Success Force of Cherishing Your Failures by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5800. That's 5800. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5800 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothers of the often because, brother, you need the word.